Hey, this that Eastside Johnny Big Redemption like. Know what I'm talking about? Hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa. Showdown, win, 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 win. Isn't it wonderful to be playing that after a showdown win? Um, a showdown that uh, may, may have been devoid of some of the some of the classic moments um, of some of the showdowns of past. You know, whether it be uh, Montfries or or uh, Motlop, or even right back to um, you know Cummings and um, Jamo boxing on in the square and getting the win in the first ever one. Um, we've got plenty of memories from over the years. Um, Chad Corn's given it the big one, all those ones. But um, the latest one is always the always the greatest one. <laughs> Sometimes when it goes as far as it comes to the fact that you can utilize it in that moment and um, and enjoy the win and have the bragging rights for um, until I think it's the sixth of August when the next one is and um, and you know we'll be feeling pretty good um, at the moment about uh, how that that might go with how we went um, the other night. Um, we weren't at our best. Um, and the and we got we were throwing a few things in the first half um, from the crows that um, had to we had to dig dig deep kind of um, um, to get through that that stuff. But um, you know it's a it's a pretty ominous sign for um, us. Uh, that, uh, I think we can all admit that we weren't at our best for um, a, a long period of the night on um, you know the particular first half really. We just had to work through the game there, and and then come out and and run the game out, which we certainly did. But um, you know, to to not be at, our, and I guess that's where I'll start is just the 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 general idea that we weren't at our best, but we still I never oh actually look I was in a, the first half I was not in the best of moods I think just because I I this is the thing with me and this is just a personal thing and there's probably plenty of others of of you out there that have um that feel the same way and if you do like it'd be interesting to kind of see if you. Yeah, tweet at us or Instagram comment, or whatever you do, um, and let us know. Give us a message, whatever, um, about how if you if you kind of get the same feeling. It's it's um, I really hate them, <laughs> and I know a lot of people um, obviously in a rivalry you do, but it's it's like a deep seated thing, and, and I think uh, uh, um, jives along with a lot of what um, even Chris Davies said last week. It's just like there are certain things that are said about Port Adelaide so often um, that that really bother me. Um, you know, because of the the history that's there, um, you know, and there's, there's a lot of trivialization, trivializing of our, of our history, and that certainly comes from a lot of Crows fans, and, and due to that fact, um, and it's not just Crows fans, Crows people in the media, you get it from your KGs and your, and your Cornsies um, on the radio and your Rowies and all those guys that, um, that when the prison bar discussion comes up and all these things, and, you know, Corns even tweeted about it on the weekend, like how... Um, how disgusted he was with the the jumper after the game and the and um, the identity crisis and all those 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 kind of dog whistle terms that um, that um, trivialize our history and 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 seem to show a complete lack of understanding of a, all Port Adelaide fans know our history and uh, and our heritage and why we're looking to celebrate that and why we 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 know we've got other jumpers and all those things but um, for those reasons um, the hate runs deeper now than it ever has before I think because. Because so many and there's look there's plenty of, there's plenty of um, well-rounded Crows fans that are actually okay with us wearing the prison bars and don't really give a shit and uh, kudos to them. But unfortunately, the ones that we see on the social medias and 
and all those things in on in, in the media unfortunately as well is a lot of um ridicule for it so um the lead up to the game was certainly one that um was was not not without its um fire um to to light the fire under our team and um i think is uh is it cal Twomey in the um it was embedded um in our um in the in the with Port Adelaide for the week leading up to the game and he kind of went over how Chris Davies really like the in-depth nature of Chris Davies um showing a 10 minute video of kind of our our attempt to get into the AFL and how it fell fell apart due to due to the actions of other other people in 1990 and how that led to any kind of like it just it was a 10 minute video where he'd pause and stop and explain to the group about why um, this rivalry can mean so much to Port Adelaide people and how it is different to... And, you know, besides, you know, a lot of people got a bit bent out of shape about that last week and the jealousy term, the jealousy was thrown around and all those things. But the the root of the root of the video is actually very true. It's um, That is part of the reason it runs deeper and runs in a different way for Port. Um, Adelaide has it as a city rival thing and maybe... Um, and you know some Adelaide fans probably do find some insecurity in in that um, that Port Adelaide does claim that claim rightly that history, and try to diminish that with those things I was talking about. Um, you know the 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 ridicule about identity crisis and all that, even though we're all um, well well comfort well comfortable and understand our identity and our history and how the two team the the same team can be in two different competitions, two different names. Um, it's very it's very easy to understand if you actually just spend more than a minute um, being a, being a prick about it. But um, you know these reasons leading up to it um, made the the, <laughs> the hate and nerves I was feeling on the night even even more pronounced. I think because I, I I kind of understood that um, that everything that had led up to the week made the win. Um, you know the four points were important, obviously, and the, the most important thing are the four points. Let's always be clear about that. Um, winning the games and winning the battle on the field is always the most important thing in the moment with a game. But then the sidelines, all that was just um, how much shit was being talked, and and so the first half with um, you know it was scrappy. Um, it was you know it was a wet day, um, or not not soaking wet, but you know certainly um, there was a bit of rain around and um, and. The, the field, I guess, was um, pretty slick. And look, you could see it in even the players' jumpers towards the end of the game, how um, how wet they were. I was just thinking, yeah, it must be, there's, there's greasy conditions and the amount of times they were slipping over. You know, I'm sure I wasn't, you know, Ollie slipping over when he took the ball. And there was a few other times where it may not have been noticed on TV. And I haven't watched the TV telecast yet because I just haven't had the time to watch the 20-minute KO mini um, when I got home. But then I just haven't had the time to watch the full game through, unfortunately. Um, but um, at a pretty good, um, uh, you know, vantage point from the game anyway. Um, but there was a lot of players just, you know, they'd be running towards the uh, towards where the contest was going to be, and they, you know, if they try to turn on the on the side of their boot, they'd slip. And um, there was a there was four or five instances of that that I remember from the night, which you just don't get very often. Um, it was, um, and it was in both. I thought the first half I was like, go, you know, change, <laughs> change the tires, so to speak. Um, but it happened a couple of times in the second half as well, and um, so it's, um, it was it was slick out there and greasy. And um, look, that's the I remember. I think I was listening to what was I listening to the other day? I think was it Kimbo or the Roach or whatever on Monday? Maybe um, they mumbled something about how um, I think it was Kimbo because he was in the um, in the box with Blighty and he, he on the on during for the game and mentioned how Blight was talking about um, how maybe it's time to. 
you know, for all these kind of games, go to the, you know, the rugby style football. It's got a bit of that grippy, grippy texture to it. Um, look, I think um, wet weather footy and or you know just um, dewy footy or whatever, whatever conditions they are, this is what this our game is about. Is about um, you know that can highlight the skills of some players too. And there was some some slick moves as well in the night. They're few and far between, really. But um, you know you've still got to be out of you know, I think that's a test of an AFL footballer is to, um, with that same football, that same football, where that, that traditional football um, that we use is to, um, you know, whatever the, whatever the conditions may be to adapt to them and, and play the best you can. And, and we did, you know, we had to break away in the second half and make use of it. So, you know, that to me is um, a, an integral part of our game and I don't want to see that, but that's just something, something that came up on the radio. And I think there's no real... Um, legs to that and I don't think it's just uh, some one Blighty's opinion and look he's a he's had a fairly good footy career um as an understatement I guess so um you know he's that's just what he thinks and that's fine and that's it's not like it's an unreasonable idea to have it's just I just think from a personal perspective and you know even when I was playing footy as a youngster because I just wasn't nearly I wasn't skilled enough but I just didn't probably wasn't as confident enough but I felt I was more confident going out in wet weather because I thought that it brought the skill and evened up the skills a bit and I was actually more confident going out in it so I don't know why. But anyway, um, the first half due to that was, you know, scrappy enough and, um, you know, we were, you know, four goals, six at halftime we probably would have been and we, we could have put them all, it was like chances but then Adelaide were um, hemming the ball in uh, into their, like, you know, holding the ball in there a little bit as well and had their chances as well. But um, I guess as a first point of call to talking about the showdown is um, our uh, our defense was um, unreal. Um, I think they're probably, as a collective group, the MVP of the game. Um, and we'll talk about the showdown medal. And, well, just just quickly because I won't, won't get to it too much more, I don't think. But um, showdown medal, there's plenty of people, and rightly so, saying Cleary deserved it. Um, I think someone, even um, a couple have said, you know, Jonas could have been deserving of it as well. And that's very true. Um, but it's not, it's, it's, Travis Boak had a great game. So it wasn't like your quintessential Travis Boak lighting up the field game. It was um, hard, gritty footy um, that uh, he, he just had to play his role and, and, and especially in those conditions, I think he, he showed his class. And that's like what I'm talking about with the, with the conditions of the footy. You know, he was, he was, he was um, handballing really well and he was um, just, just, you know, considering the conditions, he and and the fact that he went off looking like he was probably going to be subbed off um, early in the earlier in the game to come back on, that kind of um, game when you've gone off, come back on and and get um, twenty eight odd disposals or whatever it ended up being, um, that's the kind of game that that does um, warrant a showdown medal um, with just the the you know the courage of coming on. You know, it was it looked like he was pointing at his knee. You know, I'm I'm just fucking. Sh- you know, I've, every time I get an injury, there's an injury now. And I've talked about this. Anyone that's a regular listener, um, both, one, appreciate you. Two, you know that I get really <laughs> bent out of shape with the injuries lately because they just, they just seem to keep coming. Um, so I was pretty pretty down um, when I saw Boat go off at that point. And, um, and being that I think we only had, we were probably a couple of goals up at the time, I was just starting to think, is this going to be one of those games where we get lose like four guys? And um and the crows can run over the top in 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 a boil over and we have to watch all those headlines and 
this is how my brain works when I'm at a game and something little is happening that I extrapolate into something huge and 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 monumental and catastrophic. And um, so just if you get that's a little bit of insight into the psyche of me at a game. Um, I don't overreact on you know I don't get get on social media and start going oh this is fuck this is good. I just that's just how I'm internalizing and um working through and I'm kind of the kind of person that just as soon as something bad looks like it could be happening I the worst case scenario pops into my head and it's kind of my way of I think of um getting through the moment and okay I've I've already thought that this could happen so it won't happen so it's fine. Um, I think that's what I do. Anyway, um, back to the showdown medal. Um, yeah, look, Boke. Um. You know, he's he's not undeserving of it. So that's kind of the hard way of talking about it because I think Cleary is deserving of it and I would have picked Cleary myself. Um, but, um, and the other one that has been, uh, I think Lysett was a, you know, obviously um, there's an other plenty of other storylines about Lysett from the night um, and, you know, um, de- deserving of a suspension whether four games is uh, the, the degrees of what, the tribunal considers four or five, two games is um, all over the place at the moment, I think. And um, but you know he's copped that, and um, and he's certainly shown his remorse. And as you know, the the tackle it was a sling tackle, so we've got to accept that that um, there is a way that you need to tackle for the duty of care to players. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that a bit more in a, a little bit. But just a, as far as the showdown medal goes, um, Lysett was uh, incredible on the night too for me. Um, and so I. You know, you could have given it to Lysett, Jonas, Boke, or Cleary. I think Cleary was probably number one um, for me. Um, and then, you know, toss a coin between Lysett, Jonas, and Boke, I guess. Cleary just... The fact that he the he pocketed Tex Walker so much that the only time I think I saw Tex... And I, I, I there's was a cricket group chat I'm in for the uh, cricket team back here that I barely played for, but um, enjoy the banter. Um one of the guys sent uh, I didn't notice it on the night like you know the streaker obviously ran onto the field and um and uh had his little had his little merry dance around the field COVID safe of course with his mask well done to the man from Cheltenham apparently um and uh he but there's one of the guys um in the in the Snapchat sent a, a snap of the guy bloke running past Tex and giving him the double bird and I <laughs> I don't know. I hadn't noticed it anywhere else, so I'll have to post it. Um, I'll have to get his get his permission if he's happy for me to throw it on throw it on the socials. But um, it's an incredible incredible shot. And I said back in the group chat, I was like, "Oh shit, this is the first time I've noticed Tex all night." Now it wasn't because um, I had shouted a couple of times at Tex, just calling him a flog, as you do. Um, nothing nothing untoward. Um, I don't I don't go personal or anything like that. I just you know I like to if they're close enough I like to let them know. It's part of the I think it's part of your job as as an opposing fan is to make the make the um, opposing team uncomfortable without um without getting too too down the line um, of what could get you booted from the stadium. Um but those things do escape the lips sometimes but you know it's just um, that's footy. Um but um yeah it's um Cleary just had an incredible night and um it, it was part of the, an MVP for performance from that defense because the ball was coming in um, thick and fast at times from Adelaide. They they weren't executing their forward fifty entries well. Um, Adelaide they were, and that's partly due to what we were doing in defense as well, and um, and possibly helped by a couple there. They, they did go down a couple of injuries early, and that's just um. But that's foot. That's footy. You've got to. We've, we can only play what's in front of us, and um, that's part of it. And the, the, the fact is they do get one of those injury subs, so it's just one down on the bench, which plenty of teams have coped with before. Um, but, yeah, the, the entries just weren't 
great, but um, that, our defense certainly made it that for them. You know, imagine you're looking down the line and, and you're seeing either Cleary, um, Jonas, or Aaliyah. And that's the thing is like when you've got Cleary on, on Tex and then Aaliyah is just – he's getting really – he's just great at coming off his man and, and, and helping out and throwing that extra spoil in there and – and just just a team defense effort that was just wonderful. But um, Cleary, in particular, just was um, he outmarked him multiple times. And you know, for a guy, for a bloke that um, halfway, you know, three games into the season, people are going, "Oh, he could win." He's 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 odds on for the Coleman. And bloody hell, what's his Brownlow odds? Just you know, everyone's just frothing about text um, early in the season there to hold a guy like that to what zero goals one. I think I think he had one shot and goal and um, was a point. I, I think. Um, that's just incredible, um, you know, especially in a showdown. Um, you know, these are the games like your Tex Walkers and, um, you know, Sloan, I think he kicked goal towards the end there. But all those guys that um, they just kept really nicely quiet um, or just negated influence um, through the midfield as well. Incredible. And that's probably, uh, you know, the, the team defense starts from the midfield and just um, making sure they're not getting the not getting easy entry into the 50 um, from the midfield as well. Um, but, yeah, no, Cleary, uh, Cleary, I think, you know, if I'd just been out of pick a showdown medalist, it would have been Cleary. And, I, and it's partly, you know, you do look for those guys that aren't the traditional, you know, your guys that are in the midfield are automatically seem like they're already half a chance for a medal just because they're in the midfield. Um, but um, and but plenty of um, key position players win, win the showdown medals at times too. So it's not that it's un- unusual. Um, and, you know, Bokes certainly... D- not underserving either, so I can't. I don't can't have too much problem with that. Um, it just would have been nice to see one of the defenders get the get the medal for the effort they did, especially in the first half. You know, Adelaide kicked one goal four to half time, and and you know even just they were and they kicked four goals four in the second half as well. It was just you know to hold Adelaide to a score of under forty points in in the showdown. Um, you know, regardless of where they are as a team, um, you know they have kicked some big scores this year. Um, against some against some you know reasonable opposition as well you know the, um, so that's not um, that's just an incredible defensive effort and um, and and kudos to the, kudos to just the entire defense but um, you know Cleary in particular taking the job on Tex um, who uh, like I said had has just had such an incredible year to this point he's probably tailed off a little bit in the last couple of weeks but. Um, it doesn't matter. He's still got it in him to if he if he gets off the, if he gets off the leash. Tex is one of those guys that kind of seems to just you know build through a game if he can. You know if he gets starts gets those touches early, um, he he'll build that confidence. And I think he just he never got that, and that's 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 credit to Cleary because he stuck to him and um, and just didn't let Tex have that space. So that's just um, yeah incredible team defense. But Cleary in particular um, had probably one of his best best games in a, in a Port Adelaide jumper and um, God, we're lucky to have guys like, you know, when you look at the, the fact that we've got Jonas and, and Aaliyah now is like, you know, Jonas is the captain uh, of the team and the, of the defense and then Aaliyah down there now as well, taking a lot of the headlines. But then you, then you have Cleary just come back and you remind you that, you know, he's you know, that just having those three back there is just unbelievable. Um, and that's before you even get to your, your Burn Joneses and, and your Ryan Burton's bouncing off half back there as well. So, who all um, had um, some good games as well. Um, so, yeah, just an incredible team defense and um, continuing to appreciate that defense at the moment, especially with um, some injuries coming around the field as well. Um, you know, that defense is going to be leaned on a lot at times and, um, you know, they're certainly just uh, there. They're, they're, they're here for the long haul and um, ready for a big year. All right, I think I said in my preview this last week um, that, you know, there was a, 
a few things that we need to see a bounce back from. Um, oh, it might have been in my review of the Brisbane game of just um, the forwards. Um, you know, the big three had a real tough game up there at the Gabba. And um, it was a look, that was a tough game for everyone. That starts right in the midfield and the fact we didn't get around the contest. And then as as because of that, um, our forward 50 entries just weren't great on that night. And um, But we, uh, we figured it out a bit on the weekend because... It is wonderful to see that we had seven goals between Marshall, Dixon, and Georgiades. The big three, um, as we're going to have to start calling them, because they are certainly uh, big and menacing and having a good season together now. As we, you know, the Brisbane, the Gabba game aside, which is a bit of an aberration, uh, like um, across the field, really, uh, unfortunately. Um, you know, right from the, you know, within the first minute, you have Dixon taking a mark um, down the floor, a big, good mark that was unfortunately. He then he, he had that grip between the two hands. The arm got chopped. The ball came out. And for some reason, inexplicably, the umpire thought that was play on. Um, they had a good night, the umpires. Um, that is sarcasm, obviously. Um, but uh, beyond that, you know, he made up for it pretty pretty soon after. Um, you know, he took a mark again and kicked the goal and then got another free kick, which, um, you know, depending on how you look at it, uh, could be a make-up call. But, um, you know, he kicked the two in the first quarter and, um, and really um, was... He kind of stamped his mark at that point, and then um, a great handball assist to Marshall for a goal as well. Um, which you know, Dix, that's something that's I will talk, you know, mention about Dixon for a minute. Is it's something that you, know, you see Dixon get maligned by opposition fans a bit because all they look at is the stat. They don't actually watch Dixon's game ever because you know they're not watching um, Port Adelaide games, and that's fine. But um, if you're going to have an opinion on Dixon, then you probably should actually watch watch him play more. And um, you get a lot of those um, the, you know, the Twitter dickheads and stuff out there on Facebook comments and all that stuff. Um, talk about Dixon and just and just you know with completely false statements about his game. And what he does a lot is this kind of stuff. Is those little those, that was an incredible handball to Marshall to get um, break him open for that goal and. That's a lot of the stuff that Dixon does is, um, you know, he's not putting the scoreboard and, you know, it would be nice to start seeing him kick some bags of four or five here and there. I thought he was on for one on the weekend again, but again, it just didn't happen that way. Um, and that, But that's fine because you've got Georgiades um, flying for marks and taking... Um, by the way, uh, actually, no, I'll finish with Dixon and then I'll get to that. Um, but, um, yeah, he, he's, he just does so much around the ground. Um, that is unnoticed by, unless you're actually watching Port Adelaide games and watching Dixon and, and, and seeing what he's doing. Um, so, you know, he had a great game down there again and um, he's he's opening it up for the for the others as well. Um, it's getting harder to defend us now because last year it was the story that, um, you know, it was Dixon or nothing uh, at times was the headlines and at times it felt like that um, with how we were playing. Um, because we, you know, Georgiades was just in and out of sight a bit last year, and um, Marshall um, had some injuries as well. So it's, um, you know, Dixon was very much the, the feature point of how we were playing our football last year. But with Marshall coming back in fit this year, and then um, and finding fitness, especially in the last month, and Georgiades just being now a mainstay on the team, and and just growing in confidence every week, and 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 his has already become a highlight reel, um, a human highlight reel with the way he just flies at the ball and takes outrageous marks, which I'll get to it now. That one where he, he flies for the ball and it pops up in the air, I think it bounces off his arm and then he finally takes it. That was a mark. I I thought it was a mark at the time because that was kind of down and out in it, like ahead of us um, from our seats in Bay 140, um, you know, like on an angle towards the uh, goals. But And then when I saw it on the big screen, I thought, oh, no, I think it hit the ground. But then I watched, I got home 
and watch highlights again. And I was like, no, I think that that, that was a mark. And that's kind of like Julian Edelman in the Super Bowl or something like that for the Patriots when he, he, he one ca- bounced off his arms and, and, and it just landed in his hands and he, he took the catch. And unfortunately, unlike... Um, um, the NFL, we don't have, we don't review marks, and you know it's fine. It's um, it's such a quick game that we can't we can't do that. But that was an incredible mark that wasn't paid um, on Georgiades there, and that's just um, that is like just a perfect example of the incredible talent and skill and the and the un- unquantifiable aspect that make that's going to make Georgiades a star is that he has this. Um, you know, it's kind of the things that make Robbie Gray special, and and it's that innate understanding of just where the football is going to fall and be um, that you can't really quantify. It's just that you've either got it, or you don't. And Georgiades has got that the way he flies for the ball and kind of can keep his eye on it, and 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 even make um, half a contest out of nothing and take those big marks over guys because he he just has he's just that athletic ability and and all that that's part of his game is just. Unreal for a man of his age, and um, and you know the way he's going now is just um, and his and again I've said it um, I've said it a few times. I trust his kick so much. Um, you know he he did miss he did miss one on the weekend. He could have had three. Um, he missed probably the easiest set shot, set shot he was having of the day. I think. Um, but um, his game is just is just going leaps and bounds. And um, for his first showdown, he certainly. Stamped his mark, having two goals himself alongside Dixon and then Marshall, obviously the three um, again. And Marshall's um, uh, Marshall has improved a great length, I think, in the last month. I think as he's grown in confidence, his kicking has improved again. He's just he just seems to be a bit more settled, um, and um, I'm I'm really happy for the guy because I think he he seems like one of the nicest guys in footy, um, Toddy Marshall, and um, the group certainly gets around him. And I think we've all all want to see this um, consistent run on the side of Marshall and, and working alongside Dixon. Now Georgiati, you know, we thought it was going to be Marshall and Dixon as the as the big two, and now Georgiati's just flying in there as the big as the kind of wild card in the big three as far as he kind of does that a bit more. Um, but, you know, Marshall's, you know, pushing up the ground and, and taking marks and, you know, and you know where you know where you're not expecting to see him. Suddenly it's Marshall taking a mark and then him turning around and executing the forward 50 entry. And it's just, you know, that kind of stuff is... Um, that's just um, that's just what you want to have in a team um, like ours, and what we're doing at the moment. Um, it's it's incredible. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. It's one of the things I'm most excited about now is just having these three big forwards. Um, it's genuinely, um, you know, and we, you know, Fantasia was the big recruit of the one of the big recruits of the off season, and um, he got his goal as well. But it's actually, you know, it's the more the season is growing, it's it's um, you know, you're realizing those guys. I thought Fantasia was going to be kind of that, um, and he will be um, a real important key point at times in those games where it's coming to ground a bit more and he's getting, but just in a game like this, he was just, um, you know, the cherry on top because the, the big forwards were doing the job and these guys were just able to crumb. And, and when you look at the goal scorers, when you look at the rest of them, um, you've got um, Drew, Farrell, Fantasia, Rosie and Motlop. You've got like a, a who's who of the smaller guys out there that can grab a, grab a um, you know, a, a goal and, and um and just you know add that scoreboard pressure into it you know when you've got your big forwards um kicking seven between them and then you've got the those guys rounding it out with another five and you know 12 goals 15 isn't always going to be a um, game-winning score and certainly it should have been um a lot you know you kick a bit more accurately and you've certainly got a bigger win um but certainly a scoreboard um pressure as far as the amount of scoring shots we're having was there um you know uh, 14 more scoring shots then in adelaide um 
you know, we were we were always on top of them. But um, yeah, that forward line, um, you know, in a game that was scrappy, um, got it got the job done and had a really good game. So um, quite happy with um, what we're doing down there. And we just it's another big test this week though against a team like the Dogs. Um, but I'll get that to get to that in the preview. But um, you know, that's when we need to start seeing the the big three stand up. And um, so we'll see this week. But um, they certainly passed the. You're going to look at the game that we've just played, and um, they passed the test in the showdown, and um, and we're a big part of part of why we got the win quite comfortably in the end. Uh, forward, good fist away this time from Georgiades. Amon, Boak, wow. lace out to Marshall. Good numbers. He's a very very accurate kick. He's got nine goals, two for the season, three tonight. All right, that's my. Uh, it might be a surprising pick for the goal of the day, but because uh, it is the goal of the goal itself was a pretty, um, yeah, a, a relatively close, uh, close finish for Marshall, um, a slight angle, but um, he got the job done. But what what I loved about that goal was the time of the go- game that it came. Um, so we just I think forty seconds before that in game time, uh, with Crows had had just a quick transition down to forward. Um, and had Phil Thorpe take uh, um uncontested mark, you know, close out. He kicked the goal, got it back to 21 points um, with about five minutes, 40-odd to go. And then in the next phase of play, um, we've got it down into the kind of around the forward 50 arc, and then Amon's ex- executed a handball out to um, Travis Boak, who's kind of running, th- running out from the goal square there. Uh, goal square, the centre square. And... Um, what he does is, um, and it's, it was the, the the moment, and I remember even watching it at the game, I saw how good the kick was. And it was one of those moments I was like, that's what we were missing last week against Brisbane. Um, and and it's no, no coincidence, I think, that Boak was the one what that he was missing against Brisbane. But he, that kick was just, just centimetre perfect. Um, lace out, straight down. He, he saw the lead from, and it was like, you know, eyes down. Eyes down, see where, see where the lead's coming. And, um, and execute the kick, and, and Marshall was leading in space, and 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 all you need to do, and, was, and football comes so simple in those moments. It is just get the ball on the chest of the forward leaning, and but you've still got to execute the kick. And it was just the perfect moment where you got like Carl Amon, and we've talked about him um, a, a bit this year, and and again um, he's in all Australian form, and he's he's and it's just a moment where you see you know Amon get gather the ball. Handball out to you know see the see the guy running out um, from in Boke, handball off Boke and you know perfect handball getting onto him on so he's running and he can all he, all he has to do is gather the ball and keep his eyes forward eyes down see the lead coming from the forward and um, execute the kick and um, and just and I'm you know I'm I'm a big exponent of you know and people who have listened to this regularly again thank you um, but. You know, I, I talk about uh, moments of the game when you execute, um, uh, you know, that's sometimes those, you know, it's still on, at the end of the day on the stat sheet, it's just one disposal, one kick, um, one goal, whatever it be. But the moment of the game sometimes um, makes that um, that kick greater. And um, the fact that Phil Thorpe, um, you know, we're, we're, we're getting into time on in the third quarter there and um, he's kicked a goal to bring him back to 21 points and you're still just thinking they're just right there if they get a run on and we get an injury or something like that, like, um, it could happen, you know. It's 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 not done yet. We haven't put them away yet. Um, and forty seconds later, he executes such a great kick, um, and then and then um, Marshall goes back and um, finishes the goal. And as the commentator said, he's kicking at that point. He was at nine goals two for the season. Um, it just shows how good his kicking has been. Um, it's incredibly efficient. 
Um, but uh, you know, it's it's forty seconds after the Crozier's thing. You know, Phil Thorpe's giving it the big ones, and you know they're thinking they're back in the game, and then you just go down there and do that, and you realise um, that you've always got this game won. And I think that's what I I I got to the point of that probably some in the even in the second quarter, the first half, the whole time I'm I'm sitting there thinking, um, you know, this game's. We're so much better than them. We're just not putting the pressure on. And I was nervous and I was a bit grumpy at halftime because I just felt like I was nervous about something, the worst thing happening and them running over the top because we get a couple of injuries or something like that. But in reality, I also knew in my head that we were just that much better than them the entire game. Um, we were we were on top of them in every every aspect of the game. Their skills were better when we actually turned it on. It's just we, It just felt like we had all those gears to go through and we never got through We never had to get through them. Um and but that moment uh, with Boke um, kicking out, kicking that one in inboard to uh, Toddy Marshall, just was like an just a, a, a quintessential example of how good we can be when we want to be, and um, and just when we we can just make those moments happen so much more than they can, and um, that's really the difference in the game. Um, constantly on the on the night was when when the big moments needed to happen, especially in response to the Crows kicking a goal, and you know straight away you go down there again, and it's just like. And that is the best time to um, sometimes kick those goals and, and extend that score. But pressure is like making them, you know, they get a small window of hope and they get a, they get a little bit pumped up, and then you go down there forty seconds later and kick kick one that's even easier than theirs, and 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 with a greater, you know, there was there was plenty of plenty, you know, the Crows won forty seconds before was um, a breakaway into the fifty where ours was one where there was plenty of there was plenty of defenders around. It was just it was just perfect execution of um, of positional placement from from forwards leading as well as the as well as the kick so um when you're doing that kind of stuff it's just you know that that's that's at that point i think we broke them um finally um and whether and kane farrell's big big um big leg was certainly one of those moments as well i think that moment for me was when i sat there at the game um when marshall kicked someone about five minutes to go in the third quarter and uh and just and just realized that um they would i think they would they were cooked at that point and um we were just going to uh, go on at that point and um you know win by six or seven goals and as it turned out we won by eight goals and you know that goal put us 27 points up i think at that point and um and it was no looking no looking back from there and and that's a that's just a wonderful thing about um the showdown um you know we ended up winning by 49 points when um you know it didn't feel like that for a lot of the game but when you win by eight goals um, in a showdown, especially, you can never, you never turn your, turn your, turn your head against that. So it's just, um, that's a great win, really. Um, you know, we we've had a lot of close wins against Adelaide in the past, um, and some of those classic games. You know, we're going to remember those and watch those, um, watch those replays more than we'll watch this one. But um, as far as you know, just um, knowing that we're that much better than them. Um, knowing that we kind of toyed with them and knowing that, that we didn't um, even put our best footy on, on display, you know, conditions were a part of that um, as well. But, um, you know, all those things that come into it, it just uh, it makes you feel it, it's a different kind of good feeling with this win. Um, you know, your close wins, your, um, you know, Flashpoint, Stevie Motlop, those ones are amazing because it was, uh, you know, both teams were at a similar similar ebb of their of their um of their where they are as a team we were very well balanced as um, opponents at those times and so it just felt like a, a, a title title fight um between the two teams in Adelaide at that time um so those wins mean more mean so much more at those times because you you know that you're in a battle and um, and getting get getting the win uh feels even better um 
this one feels better in, in a way because we are so much better than them. And yeah, we could have won by 10 goals. We could have won by 12 goals. But um, the fact that it was a scrappy game, the conditions weren't perfect and we still won by eight goals and um, you know, a lot of people are looking at going up and even put their best foot forward and somehow won by eight goals even. You know, that's a different kind of good feeling. That's a like, we could have done, we, you know, we could have done more in that game if things had gone differently, but we still kind of just managed the game through. You know, we had an injury sub, a um, couple of guys knocked up a bit, but we still, you know, we're missing a few of our best players as well. And, um, you know, all teams are at the moment, but with all those factors involved and you still get out with a 48, 49 point win um, without having to, um, you know, hit fifth gear, that's a, that's a win for us. And psychologically, that must be, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how Adelaide compartmentalizes that and takes that into the next showdown because it must be it's a that's not easy and I'll say that objectively you know for any team it's not it's not easy to sit there and go shit they didn't even look at their best and we still got done by nine uh, eight nine goals so that's a rough one but um on our end that's uh, wonderful to wonderful to have in the back pocket um and um you know the perfect little tune-up to go into this week's game against the Bulldogs as well Alrighty, the big story of the day and look I won't get into it too much because I'm going to do a dedicated um what the fuck's going on with the prison bars and all that stuff podcast in the next week, um, just as a standalone thing and just talk about through my feelings about that. But um, obviously the prison bars was a, a big part of this day as well because we we wanted to wear them during the game. We couldn't um, and that was, it's been the big dominating storyline of, um, it's got us into the forefront of AFL media over the last week and a half, two weeks. And, um, you know, it was wonderful to see everyone there wearing the prison bars. Um, we got there early. Um, and caught most of the um, Sandful game as well. So obviously we got to see the prison bars on the park in that game because um, we wear them in the Sandful, um, which um, a lot of the <laughs> Victorian media seem to forget when they, they start banging on about um, merchandise and, and selling them and stuff like that. It's like, well, we're, we're well within our rights to sell those ones. But anyway, um, it's uh, it was wonderful. to, um, And that was a good close win as well. We are up by 34 points at halftime and... And it got it got the job done with fourteen points at the end to the Crows. Um, that certainly became a battle in the second half of the Sandful showdown, and, and it was nice to kind of see the way the crowd built during the you know because we got in there about oh, probably three forty um, or three forty five, and then we we'd already kicked three goals at that point to the Crows one, I think. Um, and uh, you know there was a small crowd in there. There was a small crowd in there early on, which was nice to see, but. It certainly built throughout, and you know, by the time you got to um, halfway through the third quarter, there was a significant crowd in there watching the the game, and the atmosphere was um, starting to build even for that game as well. And you know, Billy Frampton took a mark and and had the booze ringing around the stadium when he kicked the goal, and when he uh, when he was kicking for goal, and when he kicked the goal, he can turn around and gave the crowd a bit of a arm pump, and um, you know, yeah, that's what you that's what you you have the right to do that when you kick the goal against the booze, so that's fine, but. Um, Port did get the job done in the end and, the, and it was um, a good close win and um, really fun to see them take their photo down in front of the cheer squad as well. Um, but then, you know, prison bars getting around the stadium, lots of them, lots of them around um, on, on on the punters around there and um, it was great to see. I even saw a few people that would ha- had like, you know, last year's prison bars top, like their 150th anniversary one and then they'd have like a, a lace-up over that as well. So well done to those that doubled up and uh, just making sure they're, they're not leaving any stone unturned in the um in making it known for the the wider world that we're um this is our our, our Guernsey and our right and our heritage. But uh, yeah, obviously we didn't get to see it during the game, but um it was a wonderful moment when um and we we stay um 
usually um, we stand there and just let the crowd filter out a little bit and we'll listen to the post-game interviews and, you know, they do the one where you scan the QR code and vote for which one you want to see. And so we we like to hang around for those ones. And um, so we just we just waited and um, a lot of people are going to have memories of this moment and it's wonderful. But we just, we waited for that and we're kind of just starting to stand up and um, gather ourselves and start the walk out when we, um, you kind of hear this just cheer come around the ground and we look up at the screen and there's there's the boys entering the rooms wearing the prison bars top and and i just was like wait what is this like a pre pre-done video i was like and then i went wait that's in the macron like, oh oh shit this is this is this is live shit they, they've changed into them for the for the post-game song and i just i we we both i just cheered i took a couple of photos of the screen just to capture the moment as i saw it and um and uh we stood there again and sung the song, and um, again after singing it when it was on the plan throughout the PA as well. After the, immediately after the game, but um, that was just a wonderful moment and such a such a proud moment for the footy club. And um, it's been it's been an interesting one watching the um, online uh, response to it as well as all the obviously um, Eddie Maguire's had his two cents about that, and um, and uh, in typical Eddie Maguire fashion is all bluster and no much not much content but um you know it's there's so many people that think it's it's marketing ploys and all these kind of things and look football first of all football is a business we are you need to make money out of it to, to keep going so yeah we're gonna we want to be able to sell them um because as fans we want to be able to, the, the core part of it is it, it is it is our history and our heritage and our right and it makes us proud to wear this guernsey now it doesn't mean we hate the other Guernsey. As we've seen some people say, oh, I don't know why, the, like someone, some Crow's Nuffy retweeted the Aaliyah, that wonderful Aaliyah photo of him, like with the smoke in the background, him just looking like a, looking like a god um, with it in, in our um, V top. And we don't have, I love that Guernsey as well. There is no problem. And it's it's so funny because you have so many other teams that have like two, th- two or three, sometimes three or four different Guernseys. Um, and wear them without issue. You know, GWS have got their one that they're now going to wear for two both um, games against Sydney. It's their Derby Guernsey, and they're allowed to wear it for both, um, which is I'll get into more of the the hypocr- hypocritical nature of some of the arguments against Port and the sh- um, prison bars and away showdowns as well. But, um, you know, there's so many teams that have uh, two or three Guernseys and, um, without hi- issue, but as soon as Port just want to add their heritage one into wearing a couple of games a year, people start going, oh, they, why do they hate that Guernsey? Oh, Teal's one. It's also like, just shut up. But um, it was um, just a wonderful moment. And uh, and uh, we don't, you know, we don't hate the Guernsey we wore in the game, but we, we just want to celebrate that little bit of heritage that we had. And it's a rich heritage and it's a wonderful heritage. And, and for us as fans... Um, you know, that moment wasn't it when we not allowed to go out and buy that Guernsey at the shops afterwards, are we? You know, it's still not allowed to be manufactured. And that Macron Macron prison bars looks really clean as well, I must say. The Macron logo in the middle there. They got, obviously, last year for the game, um, that MG logo kind of got slapped on there um, late in the piece due to their, them coming in as sponsors kind of um, not, not long before that. But the manufactured um, Guernsey with the MG logo right there in the right spot there at the top there and... Um, it's just a really clean, clean kit, and uh, I'm really just really proud of that one, and, and also I want one, but we can't manufacture, and we're not manufacturing those M- those AFL prison bars Guernseys. A lot of the ones that we saw around the ground that were sold recently were the, the, the knit magpie ones from the port store, which are um, nothing to do with the AFL. So, um, 
you know, it was it was a purely an exercise to um, for the club to show um, that this fight is um, as much the club's fight as it is the fans' fight now, and um, the bring back the bars campaign, all those people behind that have been instrumental in making it as big as it is now because um, it's been around for a while. You know, you hear the, again, you hear the nuffies in the media and go, oh, where, does this, where does this come from all of a sudden? It's like you, you just noticing it right now doesn't mean it hasn't been around for a long time. I remember this as a kid um, when, when we first started trying to wear them in Heritage Games back in the early 2000s. I remember the arguments then. I remember being like, I want to wear it. So it's like it's been about the, the Bring Back the Bars campaign as far as the social media thing has been around for a while as well. Um, it's one I've been aware of for years now. Um, it's just, you know, all the media nuffies think uh, because it's now we've finally broken it into being a national AFL story over the last year and a half, in particular the last couple of months, it's gotten even bigger again. Um, everyone just says something like, oh, Port Adelaide suddenly want to wear it. Oh, there's something changed. It's like, no, you guys just don't fucking take notice. So um, it was a wonderful moment and um, it certainly stirred the hornet's nest the right way. Um, we didn't do anything wrong. Um you know, we could. There's a lot of people saying, "Oh, could they come out and wear it in the game anyway, and um, take the take whether the punishment or you know, the, take it to court, whatever." No, we did the right thing. We said, "No, the AFL said that, and we're, we're going to continue the fight the right way." And what a way to get around it by just throwing them on as you walk into the rooms to sing the song, because you've made an even more powerful statement um, in that way. Because you know, everyone that's watching or everyone that's woken up the next day and seen it, I think even George Fiacci, um said they didn't notice, he didn't see it himself. Um, until the, I think it was in the True Believers group, um, someone, uh, Ken, uh, asked the question about Fiaccio, what he thought of it, and he said he only realised that it happened the next morning and it brought a tear to his eye. And so when you've got like, you know, eight-time premiership player, Fiaccio saying that, um, you know, and that, I think it was a tear to a lot of Port fans' eyes, and that's the true meaning of why we did it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, there's, there's all sorts of um, business positive aspects to when the prison bars are finally allowed to be worn, obviously. Um, that's No one's going to hide from that. But the, the core um, core factor behind it is to celebrate our, our, our heritage and our culture and, and what makes us Port Adelaide and, and, and the, the, the spirit of... It, it's funny how it is becoming an us-against-them thing again and that's what Port Adelaide thrives on and, and this is what I keep thinking about everyone in the AFL. I'm just like... You guys are just adding so much more meat to the bone um, for for the issue for Port Adelaide because this we revel with this stuff. Um, you know, Port Adelaide's always been um, hated and and despised for reasons that aren't, don't even aren't even there. It's just people just don't like um, Port Adelaide being Port Adelaide and having that um, that chip on the shoulder or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, ironically, there's a lot of people that have a chip on their shoulder about Port Adelaide, but they they manifest that into thinking in Port Adelaide, and we just go, okay, well. we'll We'll proudly carry that, man, and um, stuff the rest of years. And that's what kind of what that statement was: is that we're gonna we're gonna bring that spirit of the old Port Adelaide, and we are Port Adelaide, no matter what you think, into the AFL. And that moment was probably one of the more powerful moments that we've had um, in that uh, in our AFL history now. Um, in kind of at showing that uh, culture and passion and um, idea of who we are and our, and our pride behind who we are and the fact we won't, won't hide from it um, in the AFL. You know, some of the big moments in our, you know, in our early history was, um, you know, were there, but then um, we were successful in the two thousand early 2000s and all that. But then when it fell away, it was, um, you know, it was the guys like Fiaci and Ginevra that brought the club back together. And that was one of those proud moments where it was like, no, we're finally going to um, get to be together after all the AFL 
um, sanctions against um, the Magpies and the Power being able to, you know, be the one club that they are. Um, that was a proud moment, and, and then, but then the continued for um, forward progress of the club since it became one club again um, to get to this moment and and keep um, threading the needle of all all the different aspects of Port Adelaide that make us Port Adelaide into the one. And like this was one of those moments. It's probably will go down in history as one of the great ones for our club. I think um, as far as just. Um, just a sense of pride, you know, on field, there's plenty of on field moments that have happened already and will keep, uh, continue to happen, um, in our history because that's, that's who we are. We've got 151 years of history so far and we're going to have, um, um, 151 more, um, and, and again and again and again, um, going forward because that's the history and pride of this club is we, we, um, we will never die no matter what everyone, (laughs) no matter what everyone wants us to do, which is a lot of people would have, you know, a lot of you know, even please Stephen Trigg back in the day saying, oh, you know, giving a shit about, um, you know, we should, you know, a club in South Australia doing what they're doing, um, isn't viable, and you know, insinuating the the idea of moving or um, or just shutting down operation, and that's the kind of um, you know, when people start, when the Crows fans start cracking the shits about what um, Chris Davies was saying the other day about that rivalry, and that's that's exactly why that that is there for us, is because. Um, whether it be 1990 or all those dark days where you know the crows crows management were just um, couldn't give a shit about what was going to happen to us, um, that's what's going to happen. Is we're going to those those things are going to be remembered, and then when in these moments when we've we've got ourselves back to um, got the the fractured club back together, and um, we get to have these statement moments, that's why it's going to hurt you even more. Is because you you've repeatedly tried to bring us down, and um, but here we here we are in 2021. Um, well, we couldn't wear the prison bars on the field. We were able to put them on in the rooms and sing the song in them and get the photos and um, stir the hornet's nest of the AFL media like we haven't really before um, and, you know, get people like Eddie McGuire. Um, when he's on a telecast for someone, a completely different game on a Sunday and he's not involved in the AFL in any way or form apart from as a media personality now, still have to get red-faced and, uh, and insinuate f- physical violence against our president. Um, that's the kind of hornetsness we stirred up, and that's exactly where we want to be. Um, is um, if we're not getting what we what we deserve, then um, then we then we then we kick the nest and make sure that they, that our voices are heard in the right way. And um, it was done in the right way. It was done in a passionate way, and um, and it was done for the fans. And that's a that's the the core part of it. Apart from all this stuff and all this stuff that is is a fun sideshow to it. Um, watching the. The Crows fans' um, heads boil over on on social media on the night, and um, and and certainly the media personalities as well, and wide ranging um, beyond Eddie McGuire. There's plenty of others that um, had um, ill-informed opinions about it. Um, I've already mentioned Graham Collins earlier as well, but um, you know the core part of it was the fans, and uh, all the Port Adelaide fans loved it from the from what I could see, and that's that's the thing that's that's the main thing is the Port Adelaide fans and the Port Adelaide people, the players. All of them loved it and have great memories from it, and that's 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 all that matters. Um, and so, yeah, I got, there's nothing much more to say about that. And before I get into an actual prison bars um, specific podcast um, later this week, um, and talk about it a bit more at length, but just from the night, that was such a that's such a wonderful moment, and um, one that I'll remember for a long time. Just you know, they're about to walk out of the stadium, and that that roar that went around the cr- the crowd. That was left there watching. Um, and there was plenty that was still there. Um, you know the, that roar that went around, and a lot of people I've seen a few comments on Twitter about their memories of seeing it. And um, 
the emotion that came from it, and um, that's and that's what it means. That's the emotion that comes from it. That's the that's the core part of it, um, and yeah, that's that's just wonderful. And I'm I'm so thankful the club is fighting it the way they are, doing the right thing, um, but not not backing down either. Um, they're 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 um, they're very bullish about it, but in a in a way that's not um, not. Uh, you know all the comments about you know the uh, sticking the finger in the eye of the AFL or whatever Eddie Maguire's mumbling words were, um, you know it really isn't that. Um, it's um, it is it is more of just a no. This is the this is stupid AFL, and we're going to highlight how stupid it is, and um, and that's what's being done. And um, the more we do stuff like that, and the more Eddie Maguire keeps saying stupid shit in the media, the more it really helps us. To to be honest, apart from the fact that um, um, it is annoying. Continually seeing the trivializing and 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 misrepresentation of our history um, when whenever he speaks, but um, the more more he grasps at straws, um, the better it looks for us. I think because he he does look like he's doing that these days, um, and that that can only be a good thing for our fight going forward. But um, that is outside the realms of the showdown. So um, I should get back on track and just finish this off. Um, but yeah, what it was a wonderful win. Um, like I said, not a classic showdown or anything like that, um, and one that um, you know when we look back um, in ten years, um, and we look back at the classic showdowns and all those moments that we've remembered, um, this one won't have anything much on the field, I guess. Um, but uh, it was it will be remembered because of that statement after the game, and it's amazing how it doesn't matter what happens in a showdown, this would still be something to re- remembered, and certainly that statement after the game will. We'll do that for us, but um, on the field, we got the job done incredibly comfortably, and um, there's not much more to say about it. Um, we are just an, an a su- supremely better team than Adelaide at the moment. It's, you know, when you take into account the fact we're playing twice in preseason as well, and got the job done pretty comfortably there. Um, obviously, preseason doesn't mean anything when it comes to the regular season, but you then you come out and win by 49 points again. You just see that there is something that Port Adelaide has. Um, infinitely better than Adelaide at the moment which um, obviously should be the case um, with where we want to be compared with where Adelaide are in their rebuild process but um, there's still showdowns um, like rivalry games anywhere around the world in any any sporting league and sometimes um, throw out results that aren't expected and um, we had to fight against that kind of um, you know peril that can that can hang there sometimes and we got the job done anyway so Big win, forty-nine point win in, in in the showdown, and um, six and two on the season now. Going into a um, top four matchup against the Western Bulldogs this week, and one that um, I am looking forward to a lot. And unfortunately, won't be there, but um, I'll do the preview this week. Um, in a couple of days anyway, and, and talk a bit more about that one. But um, an inc- incredible position on the ladder at the moment, considering the way the season is going and some of the results that are going elsewhere. Um, six and two and uh, third on the ladder with a reasonably healthy percentage is no nothing to nothing to. Ch- um, to scoff at and uh, we're in we're in great great position keep moving forward and um get ready for a big game this week against the dogs but um a big kind of pair because we got the job done against Adelaide and there's nothing better than getting the job done against those cunts <laughs>